This episode will look at longitudinal or sequential LARP. Specifically, we will explore both the player experience and how game designers plan for LARP that run in a longitudinal or sequential manner. As a warning, this episode contains explicit language, so if that's not your cup of tea, then perhaps you may wish to skip this episode. Longitudinal or sequential LARP are games where each successive game plays on the one before it. This is primarily a plot line that goes from one to the next, so that each game pulls from the one before it. You don't always need to play in the previous game to play in the current one, although it usually helps to know what happens, especially if your character was there. Before we step into this topic, I'd like to take this moment to thank Feedspot, which is a blogging site for including From Adventure to Innkeeper as one of the top five podcasts in 2021. Their list is a good one, and I can recommend all the podcasts on it, with of course a major bias toward this one, which came in at number four originally, and has since moved into the number two spot. Their website is blog.feedspot.com, and the top five list can be found at blog.feedspot.com larp underscore podcast. This show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we'll be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of each episode. Episodes will air every odd month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and will be approximately one to two hours in length. Every episode is for everyone, but some will focus more on issues that will resonate with one group or another. As such, we have a scale which will tell you the focus of the topics and possibly the depths of some of the various bogs and dungeons we'll wade into. The scale for this episode will be adventure, as it's mainly aimed toward those who play LARP. We will, however, be covering topics in this episode that relate directly to all players and game designers, so I hope that both players and game designers will find this episode useful to them. As this episode covers more player-directed topics than some of our other LARP, I have arranged for some guests to help me live uh, to discuss their thoughts on longitudinal or sequential LARP. All right, so with me today, I have Sarah, Kate, Peter, and Eric, all from the U.S. So thank you, Sarah, Kate, Peter, and Eric, for joining me today. Uh, before we begin our open discussion, let me first ask you guys to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your involvement with LARP. So, Sarah, Kate, if you want to start us off. Okay. Uh, Sarah, Kate Lessam. Uh, in real life, I'm a nurse. In LARP, I've been LARPing for seven years now. Matter of fact, Eric was my very first LARP. Well, but Eric's LARPs was my very first LARP. And, and now I've gone on to do LARPing in several different countries and around the U.S. All right, excellent. Uh, since that segues nicely into Eric, let's go, let's go with Eric. Right, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again, Martin. It's great. I'm happy to be here. It's good to hang out with you guys. Uh, Eric Love here, so owner and founder of LARP Adventure Program, uh, which is a LARP program that is designed to search uh, the, what, what LARP has to offer us as a literacy for kind of how we store data, how we retrieve data, how we see ourselves and other people, which, you know, obviously all LARPs do, but then added education and papers to it and practice it with all ages. And out in the Boston metro area, we've been doing that. Now we just had our 10-year anniversary this summer as an LLC, but been doing it in the Boston metro area for 20 years now. So, oh my God, I can't believe I'm still here doing it. <laughs> nice. And uh, and our our final guest, uh, Peter. Yeah, uh, I'm Peter Hattershell. I've been LARPing for. Hang on, 
right? <laughs> I know, What's I, the math? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it. I, I think it's been about seven. Seven. No, wait. I've been in this house two years. Uh, so probably more like eight or nine. Um, and in real life, I'm a teacher, but I've done boffers, blockbusters, and um, parlors. So nice. Fantastic. I like those subjects. You just, how you split those up. That's beautiful. (laughs) Fantastic. So to ensure that we're all on the same page for the purposes of this conversation, I'm just going to quickly briefly define uh, what specifically we're talking about today. So we're going to be discussing uh, what are called longitudinal or sequential LARPs. Um, These are games where the current game either draws from previous games um, or directly follows them in a sequential or serial order. So a longitudinal LARP, for example, would be where you have a game, you know, the current game is set in 2022, let's say, but the next game is set in, in 2032. Um, whereas a sequential or or, uh, or serial LARP would be something where, you know, the current game is set in year one of your, your magic schooling, the next game is set in year two of your magic schooling, and then year three, and so forth and so on. So now that we're hopefully all on the same page, uh, I'm going to open this up to all of my guests so that we can have a, a deeper discussion uh, of this aspect of LARP. So I guess as... As players, first, I guess is what I'll I'll talk about. What is the draw to you for a sequential or or serial LARP? Amazing question. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> I mean, what comes to mind for me is when I was doing research for my thesis on LARP as a literacy, and uh, it was Nero players that brought this up, right? Because a lot of the other people I talked to were these Nordic LARPers and they, they didn't want there to be a sequential LARP. They liked the idea of a one shot, like in and you're out. And, you know, I was kind of new to the Nordic scene. I had just in college of wizardry. I was set up to go to black Friday at the time. And, um, what the neuro player said to me when I said, what do you think about these, like these kind of one shot LARPs? Like, I'm not interested in that. And I was like, well, why? Because I was like, I really want to know what drives people. And the thing that I got out of most of them was because they want to know they're going to go back and see the same people, that they're investing time into these friendships that would grow with them. And they'd have this community to move with where, yeah, you'll see some familiar faces if you're like running around like kind of the one shot large community, but you don't have time to build character relationships over time and you're, you know, and, and the group's going to vary. So, I mean, I think there's a couple sliders there that are interesting. I mean, I'm sure that can become very insular if the player base doesn't change. I mean, that just has to do with like, you know, having good community and marketing and stuff like that. But that was kind of the general feel that I got. And I, myself with all my LARPs fall into the sequential LARP mode. Even when I try to do a one shot, someone will be like, let's do another one. And I know it's like what Andrew uh, French fell into as well. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) he was like, I'm just going to do one of these. And he did like three of his like Lovecraft LARPs, which were fucking amazing. I mean, amazing. Sorry. (laughs) But um, yeah, that's my sense of it. It's okay. We are not a, we, we, we are not a PG. um, We are not a PG podcast. 
Oh, fucking great. I, I just have to. We all, I just we're have to, PG-13. We only get two. We only get two. I just, have to, I just have to put a content warning before it, but we are not a PG, uh, we are not a PG podcast. God, I spent all my oh. F-bombs. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, more. Sarah, Kate, Peter, your thoughts? Um, I like, I like, I'm kind of like with Eric. I like the sequential because I get to grow, I can plan and grow my character. Like, for, for example, let's say, uh, College of Wizardry. I entered as a new, as went through the sorting hat. And if we ever get to go back, I'll grow as a sophomore or, you know, I get to see my character grow in relationships and things like that. I like the one-offs too, because, but usually I tend to forget what my character is with those. Of course, as you all know, I tend to forget what my character is anyways, but, um, <laughs> and I just tend to improv the entire time, but I kind of like getting to see the others, everyone coming back time and time again it's like oh and we've built this family of we've built this family through like um legend of the stars and fam you know a family legend you know this kind of family that we can talk about or and and just and get to know if that makes sense Yeah. makes sense to me that's <laughs> so that's 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 how i feel about it too like i kind of prefer the sequential over the um over like the one shots prime for me though it's it's not only is it building the family and continuing this great story that we end up being a part of you know like where we save everybody get the mega happy ending and um and yes eric i'm talking to you um <laughs> 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 but but where we get the where we get this stuff and we have a really great time and we want to go and kind of rejoin that and be a part of that same group with with a lot with those same players and then the other aspect for me is is honestly kind of financial um larping uh, is is a lot of times it's a significant outlay if especially if i'm designing my own costumes mm -hmm. and, and creating my own costumes so it's like i the one the one boffer larp i do a lot of my friends left it because it wasn't quite what they wanted, but mm. I spent a lot of money to do that um, for costuming and stuff. And, and so part of the reason I stay with it is I like the character. I like the story, but also it's because I can't afford to lay out that kind of, of money just to go once and never come back to it. Right. Yeah. Agreed. No, and I think that's a, I, I you know, I think that's a, very fair point as well. I, th I think it's something that, you know, if you're looking at it from the outside, it's not necessarily something that you think about, you know, because you're looking at, you know, the, whatever the LARP happens to be, whether it's something like, um, you know, the Sahara LARP, uh, Expedition Sahara, for example, where you're going to lay out all this expense for a costume and it's, it's a one-off. You're doing it once and, you know, unless you return to play the same LARP again and again and again, and the plot is the same each and every time, you're you're not going to have too many chances to reuse certain elements of those costumes, at the very least. 
Um, it depends a little bit, I guess, on the character that you play as to how much overlap there is for the costumes for other LARP, but that's a very good point. So, I guess that, that brings up the question, then, what are some of the challenges with longitudinal or sequential LARPs, both both from a player perspective and, and also from a design perspective? Um, ooh, I've got a thought on this one. Hmm. Um, so from a player perspective, one of the challenges is like, there've been moments where, um, and as an example, uh, not legends of the stars. Um, thank you. No, 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 this wasn't, no, this wasn't with, this was with, um, I'm like, oh, outbound hope. I had to give up a weekend at the buffer LARP for outbound hope. And what made that difficult was the the fact that i would be missing so much story and in the one that i did regularly and that's a, a an issue like if something comes up in real life and you can't make it to one of the events for the sequential LARP, what are what are you giving up what's going to happen mm-hmm. to your character um what's going to happen to the people you're playing with what are you what are you missing and apparently i missed a whole big like circus came to town event, which I really am mad I missed because they had the, you know, the, the thing that they used in the movie big where he goes up, I want to be big. Um, (laughs) They had somebody, they had somebody actually doing that and it was fantastic. Um, But so that's, that's one issue from a player I see is like what happens when you miss also like maintaining and upgrading costumes can be an issue too. Like I'm already thinking about plans for Starfall Academy. How do I upgrade? Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, a game of a, run, a game runner perspective, because I spent some time as a storyteller for for one of the the parlor LARPs that I do. Um, the issue we had was how do you keep the the active players interesting interested, and at the same time bring in new new players to want to play the game when that chronicle had been going on so long that power was an issue, like um how do you how do you balance out these players that essentially have god level powers with players that basically are coming and going you know i have a stick that was a challenge with that that out of balance out of whack new new players having to come in and knowing what's going on and and being able to be welcomed so i think that 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 actually raises a really interesting point, especially considering that at least three of us on this call were on uh, or were at um, Starfall Academy, and you know it's going to be interesting to see how they bring in you know the new first years, if you will, in, in the upcoming in the upcoming games, as every year you know we grow in our our magical space wizard powers so eventually it's going to be a situation where you have a first year coming in that has you know those four focus beads and you're standing there as as a knight with you know 20 focus beads or whatever and you've got all this amazing ability so it's it's a valid point and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out Um, yeah but I, I mean, doing the school, you know, the school thing, that tends, that, that type of story tends to be, I think, a little easier to incorporate because you have the different class levels and how you can interact. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't mean that it's difficult to incorporate it. I just mean that there's going to be a disparity in the ability of the players, and it's going to be interesting oh, to see how they handle that. I mean, um, I mean, it, it wasn't quite a sequential LARP, but I guess in the same time it could have been. It was a sequential LARP. Um, Fairweather. Um, the upstairs-downstairs LARP. You know, you still you had you still had the same story of the upstairs versus and the downstairs players, but each year it kind of cha- it it was still a sequential LARP. Yeah. Where you could, but they changed they changed it so it was a different theory theme of like this year you're everyone everyone's attending the wedding next you know or the and then the next one year it's like the the king was coming to the to the house so it was still sequential and you could still grow and do all those but they kind of it was just a, the the focus of the game was kind of changed yeah so so for those who never played it fairweather manor was a larp run by by joe back okay. over in poland before joe back had all of their issues and we may explore that in a in a future episode if i can ever get anyone who's willing to talk about it uh, <laughs> that'd be great yeah let's go uh, we want to hear all the larp drama let's get the soap opera going <laughs> oh yeah but so essentially essentially what fairweather did though was was they started in i want to say it was 2015 or 2014 and essentially the plot of the larp fell 100 years earlier so it was either 1914, 1915, 1916, 1917, all leading up to World War One, And obviously the closer we got to, to war, um, with 1917 being the last one, the, the less the German relations showed up. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it, was, it was one of, essentially one of two alternating plots. It was either the Duke's birthday or one of the Duke's kids was getting married off. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it, it, so just for those who, who hadn't played it. Um, so it's definitely a longitudinal LARP. It takes place over a long period of time in quote-unquote historical Downton Abbey-type England. Um, but but it, 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 it was designed in such a way that, that you could swap out the characters, or the, the, the people playing the characters even though the characters were generally the same almost every single time. Um, so, uh, Eric, we haven't heard from you on this topic, so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. Since, since, oh, my God, the know. power creep. Yeah, no, it's been the bane of my existence. So, um, you know, I just ran... Etheraz is, like, my biggest game, right? And we just finished uh, the 10-year storyline of pretty much right before the pandemic happened, it kind of was perfect that that happens. Like 2019 summer, we ended it. That winter, we did kind of like a offshoot event. We did a lot of offshoot events, which is something I highly suggest for people who are doing sequential or longitude LARPs just to get away from it if you need a break, because there's a lot of problems as a writer and for players, because people, it can kind of get grindy and boring. And just like every TV show does to us where they're like, it's season two. And now I'm just going to give you flashbacks. And you're like, oh my God. But if you write those good, or if you pre-wrote those even better, um, you can have players 
kind of do these offshoots and sometimes these offshoots will honestly better be better than the core larp like you know for etheraz we had an offshoot called the uh, fire's dawn and that was about like how the kingdom rose and fell before the main game happened and arguably that game was better than etheraz and part of it was because we could just take magic out of the game because magic is a huge problem in power creep right like and people like to get excited about magic and make it cool and Get on a game design wise it creates problems and on a narrative design wise it creates problems because like once i introduce dragons for example just uh, you know into a game you've just upped the level of what your fantasy is and what you have to produce as a larper and what those props are and representations it's like it becomes a nightmare to the point where like at etheraz the end every event like essentially we were killing a god right like that's what it came down to right so it's like it's it becomes so epic that how many times do you want to watch infinity wars or endgame over and over it becomes you know it becomes numb after a while there's no dynamics to that writing um so that so on a writer level you're as a designer you're dealing with oh my god i this is harder because like you don't, you have less room to mess up you end up painting yourself into a corner like are we ever going to see these game of thrones books finished and i think the answer is no because if you've read the books and watched the show uh, at least the show whether you love or hate it like it clicks together at the end if you read the book and you look at like what's on the table to have to work with it is it is nightmarish right to try to wrap that together and i think that's and in a LARP, you can't control your narrative because if, you know, you're having the players actually have agency. So, like, that's a whole thing you're trying to, like, wrangle in and keep congruent. And then there's, like, the game design part, right, as a, as a game designer where you have this power creep like you're talking about with Starfell Academy, which I haven't checked out. It looks super awesome. I'd love to do it. Love those guys are uh, up on Hope Fam. Um, but, like, what I imagine is that... You know, you're part of the golden carrot to these LARP designs is like you get new abilities. And I kind of like, and I think College of Wizardry had a lot of answers for this, you know, solution, which I've adapted to at the rest too, which is the first and foremost is you got to create a community culture where the older players essentially become NPCs, right? You, you, you don't take away their agency, you let them be players but you encourage them and be like look you are been here for a while and now we want you to mentor and help these new players like give these new players what you were given like you know help us pass on the torch and part of that as a game designer is you need to be re ready to let go of your game right if you are where I was many years ago where it's like, I'm going to design everything and I get to control everything. Cause I get to be God, you know, like Oz behind the curtain. You got to let go of that because you're going to need to have players become those people. Like the players really need to become the people writing the story. And you mm -hmm. get people who are in a players that are in like a responsible position. And you kind of talk about the problems that you face and you say, you know, how do we solve these together? and bring these players up so that way you have like if i'm a 20th level character for example and there's a first level character coming in and let's say i'm like in a nero game and i'm swinging like 250 with my sword and they're swinging one yeah they're gonna do crap against the enemies so i need to think about how 
I step back as that player and I'm not in the front lines killing everything and doing damage. I'm there to support them going on that journey. Or maybe like I just, you know, role play a weapons master. I kind of become an NPC. So we see that with College of Wizardry because we see as players go more and more, they either become like the prefects of the house heads or teachers. And that's the brilliant design is how do you create a LARP where the players are actually running the LARP? You know, you, you put training wheels on, you hold all the structure, but then you kind of let them come in with that. And then the other part, so I'm ranting a little long time here, is you got to design game mechanics where that scale, if you're like, say you're doing out damage of like one to like 100, that doesn't happen. That has to cap off. You can't be having widespread dynamics like that, which means you don't have a lot of golden carrots to say like here, 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 like here's this cool new ability, come back. You, you gotta, you gotta get away from that. Like that Cracker Jack's box, find the toy in the cereal box is something we all lean on in the beginning because we as designers need crutches, but then you've got to get out of that chair and get and stand up and walk. Right. That that's the hard truth for designers. It's like, you have to walk away from that being the golden carrot. Um, Cause you will never get away from that power creep at all. So, so I actually find that LARP, that, that, that various LARPs that, that are both sequential and longitudinal that have the, the quote-unquote golden carrot, the golden carrot is almost always better when it's a true MacGuffin. Um, for, for those not familiar with the film term MacGuffin, it's, um, it's um, like the, the, the Maltese Falcon is a MacGuffin. You see it like once during the movie. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, f- I forget the character's name from Pulp Fiction, but his briefcase that every time they open it, you see the gold color, but you don't see what's inside it. That's yes. that's yes. a MacGuffin. Yes. You know, it, it's it's this this concept of this thing that you actually almost never encounter. And, and I find that 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 helps in longitudinal LARP because. You're always chasing it, but you're never able to catch it. But it's so enticing that obviously you want to catch that thing. Um, So would you recommend a longitudinal or sequential (coughs) life for brand new players? And why or why not? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) quiet Uh, i I don't know i mean it it depends like what you're looking for right and i I think one of the other things that like peter brought up is like the whole idea of like your costumes and like you know if you pick a color palette you can have all your sci-fi dystopian cyberpunk fantasy, all that stuff can kind of have crossovers. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you, you do get stuck into a certain look, you know, and that can kind of suck too. You just start playing the same character. You know, you're like quantum leaping the same character in all these LARPs. Right. Um, that's a workaround. Um, I guess, I guess I would say yes. Once you know, once you find a genre and more importantly, a community that you like. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, this is hard. So, so I have a, I, I, have I, a, I do not ask easy questions. Usually <laughs> I have kind of a thought on this that, that makes it, I, I, I would, it, it depends on the group mm. and, and the LARP company. Yeah. Like mm. if you asked me, 
if you ask me if I would recommend a sequential art being run by, I don't know, the guys who put together lots, my answer would be absolutely unequivocally yes. Um, so if you were a new player and you wanted to know, and, and it's like, okay, here's this group up in, up in Boston, they're amazing. No, I'm not trying to encourage you to do another lots at all. Um, <laughs> hint, hint, hint. But, but like, but like, I can think of other groups that I've either either directly interacted with, or that I've heard negative things about. That if a new player came to me and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting into into LARP. Should I go to this one?" Well, then my answer would be, "No, no, you don't want to do that." It it really depends on the people running the LARP. Are they kind of new players? Are they? Are they? And I hate to use this this high school word, but are they clickish? Do they? Do they just let you know new players go? Oh, go over there and you know wait. Someone will come up to you, maybe you know. Or what yeah. are they? How? How? What kind of a LARP is it? And that would be what I used to recommend it for new players, because some people like the idea of playing a sequential story. Some people just kind of want to do one and done. Mm -hmm. It depends on the person, and it depends mm -hmm. on the group. Yeah. I know such a non-answer. <laughs> no, no, I think I think that no, is the, that's the answer. That's and, the answer. And the group and who you play with and I mean, if you had told me after my first, you know, if you had told me an hour or two into my very first LARP that I would be doing this for another for 7 years, I would have said there was no way in hell. <laughs> because I wanted to go home. Uh, and, you know, but because of you because of Eric and Peter, you Peter and Rob, you know, the group that you go you can make friends with and make your experience so much better. So but um I mean if you want to try it, I would say a parlor, you know, like a one offish parlor LARP to see if you actually want to do if or do a couple. That's a way to do it. Um or a one-off just to see if, hey, is this what I want to do? Do I really want to spend the time and effort? And then you're just hooked because I have some friends who College Wizardry was their very first LARP. And now now they've been doing three or four a year. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say that, you know, the, the interesting thing with some of the, the, both the sequential and the longitudinal is that you can kind of do them as one-offs. I mean, Yes. You know, you can yeah. you can go to College of Wizardry and your very first year be a prefect, which is what I did. And, you know, technically, you know, depending on where you are in your school career, that's your, you know, the year that you're graduating as well. Because usually they give those roles to, to people playing seniors. <laughs> um, so you could do that as a one-off. But the same thing is true for absolutely like Legend of the Stars. Because the story skipped like so many years each time, you could go and do a one-off LARP there. And yes. then not come back to the next one, come back to the one afterwards and really sort of step back into not necessarily your character, but maybe your character's ancestor um, or not even ancestor, uh, you know, descendant. And and it, it works quite well. I mean, so, it, you know, so, so even even sort of longitudinal LARP have that ability, which makes them at least I think makes them a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got a few. I, I, I know the, the frustration that players go to of like missing and then coming back and missing story. And I got to say, like, you know, if you look at, 
I, I think it'd be foolish for LARP designers not to look at the MMO market, right? This giant market of let's get people to play these games that have these ongoing stories, yet we release a new season every year or so. And how do we bring new players in and make them feel like they're excited about the game? And um, part of it is like you mentioned it, uh, I think Peter and Martin, like you have to have a welcoming community and it, it has to feel like, you know, not pretentious. And that means making space for new players to come in, how, how narratively they come in and you know, is that just like every other player is going to be like, I don't care about that. So how do you make it so that like higher level experienced players that have been around, they're now invested in these new players event after event. That takes some tricky writing. Um, but the other thing that sticks out getting back to these MMO lessons is that you have to retell the story and get everybody up to pace. So what I mean by that is like, if there's been four years of story going on, there needs to be someone who is the storyteller catching all the new players up the pace with all the plot points that they should know and not hide that from them. Like I've noticed two things that happen at LARPs that make it like, so new players feel like they can never be welcome. And it happened to my own LARPs. So one is they don't know the history and they don't know who's who and what's going on. And then the other thing is that lore docs are given out to players and not made public. And what I highly suggest to anyone, um, and this is going to challenge your writing skills and your ability to create mystery, but like take the challenge, I, uh, you know, I invite you to it, which is if you have a lore doc go out and game, you make that public and publishable after the game, right? If you're going to leak, yeah, you, you make it so anyone can access it. So it's not like players have to go ask another player to get that lore doc that just becomes public access that can be done through like a website that players read between games it could also be done through like a just kind of like a bulletin board right like your conspiracy theory board like you know with all the red rope mm -hmm. or whatever like put those out at your larp continuously so new players have resources if they're interested to, to like figure out what's going on um like the Witcher video game did a great job of this. Every time you met a new NPC, like in your Rolodex would be a picture of that NPC and information about them. That's general and that everyone should know. Like that should, should not be hidden to other players. That should become public knowledge because otherwise it just encourages insular community with knowledge and people get to be like, well, I'm the one who knows all the, I'm the wizard behind the curtain you see how it perpetuates down from the designer? I'm the wizard behind the curtain and I know all the things. And then certain players get to be, oh, they get to look behind the curtain, but other players don't. You got to knock that stuff down. That cannot exist because it creates insulation. And you might have a LARP that's, no, no, that's my design. And okay, okay, you're the exception to it. But like, if you've had a LARP going on, even for a year and you have a new player coming in, there needs to be resources for them because that is so frustrating coming in as that player and that you, oh, well, they have to socialize and I have to ask all these people. It's like, fine, if you have like very minutiae things, but please give them the scaffolding to at least know how these things go together, right? Mm -hmm. Like, please like give tools out. And I'll be honest with you, like it helps older players too, because they'll forget stuff 
or wait a second, or oh, wait yeah. a second, designers, wait a second. You think you said something so clearly, like human communication skills. There's so many times I think I said something so clearly to someone in real life. And, you know, a week or a month later, they'll say something to me and I'll be like, wow, they must know what I said to them. Why are they saying this? They don't like it didn't stick in their mind. So it's like you have to even continually communicate and like recap everything you've done um so people can follow along especially like you you're telling a story and you're expecting players to kind of fall into it even if it's not like a modular larp even if it's like a big open world with like event horizons you still need to be like hey yeah and then the mine collapsed because people were digging in it and someone's like oh i didn't know people were digging in it it's like oh i'm glad we revisited that you know like it's it, I mean, in, in essence, it's it's what it's what TV shows do. It's it's that as seen previously on. Hell yeah! You know, and, and you get yeah. that you, you get that two minute recap of oh, that's what I missed on the last episode. Okay, um, you you know a, a show that was really really good, but not quite as good at that as what they needed to be, and and not jumping the topic directly, but Babylon Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, Babylon 5 was a sequential show. If you missed an episode or two, it took you like 10 episodes to catch up on what you missed in that one or two episodes. Because the way that they did it to show you what had happened in the past was usually flashbacks. Um, it was very rarely the the last time on Babylon 5. I think they only did that like once or twice where the episodes were so directly connected. But aside from that, it was always flashbacks, and it's always like, oh, God, I have to watch the next 10 or 12 episodes to figure out what I missed last week because, you know, the stupid VCR didn't record it. VCR, by the way, for those of you who don't know, yeah. are these things that used to have, have, have giant cassette tapes. What's a cassette tape? What's a cassette tape? <laughs> yeah, no, look that one up on Google. Um, <laughs> no, so, so it's That's funny. That's why I never liked Babylon 5. Talking about talking about the as happened before piece the one larp i do they they dealt with the pandemic by basically like we need to remind players of what our universe is all about well basically they did this whole like time warp thing where and it was actually kind of a fun mechanic where like every so often a time bubble would develop and they would reenact scenes from from previous parts of the larp and, and previous parts of the story that everybody knew going in on that first day, but might have forgotten after two plus years of not doing anything. Oh. And it, it really helped kind of rebuild the, the, the mystery and the fun to just go back and revisit. Uh, the LARP itself is the, the timeline is kind of the weird West in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically uh, wild, wild West meets HP Lovecraft. And, yeah, one of the things that that's like a big part of the universe is obviously the, the death of, of um, oh, I'm even forgetting the, the lawman's name. Um, what is his name? The guy who was shot in the back at the shot in the back playing cards. Aces and eights, the dead man's hand. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Wild Bill, Wild Bill Wild Hickok. Bill. Yep. Yeah, and um, they actually they actually reenacted the scene in the saloon area of the game, just so that everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, that actually happened." Okay, perfect. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yes. it was brilliant. It was yes. brilliant. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know it, it's important to keep your players sort of up to date on what's going on, especially when you're looking at a longitudinal LARP. I think my my biggest complaint is that the lore documents sometimes turn into these massive tomes, and you just take one look at it and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to read this thing. I'll figure it out as I go along. And, and you know that that leads to interesting gameplay, and and I know that that <laughs> many of us are guilty of that, um, myself included in some instances, where where I'll just take one look at the lore document, and I'm like, you know what? It needs to be I, easy. Yeah, I, either it's not written in a way that that makes it interesting for me to read it, which is problem number one with info dump, or it's it's too much info dump, and you know. A, a lot of the info dump is stuff that I want to sort of gather as I go along. Sure, I want to know that everybody from Planet X, you know, has green skin. That that just makes it easy because now I can look at someone and say, oh, you're from Planet X. But do I need to know all the mini details about everybody from Planet X, you know, that, that you know, everybody has, you know, four toes, they're, they're super sensitive with with this aspect of, of, you know, the magic space wizard powers, they have, you know, 10.4 children on average per family. A at some point, the info dump is just like, all right, you're giving me too much information. And I think that that sometimes can be an issue with, honestly, both sequential and, and, and even parlor LARP, or, or just like one-off LARP, that, that, you, that you've given the players such an info dump that, that it's like oh my god please stop <laughs> well yeah it's kind of like this i mean like uh this parlor larp idea right and this idea of like writer's larp i guess like you know drop 60 pages on me and i want to read it and then i'm gonna go live out basically the book i read so essentially what that's saying to well, me that, is that, that's what my that's the um like the jane austen larps i do that's the Regency LARPs, that's kind of like how they, some of them are, so. Yeah, and like, I think that's like a certain <laughs> niche, right? Like, I want to read the 60 pages and dissect them and play with them like a puzzle in my mind and chew on it, and then I want to go do this experience, but um, I don't know, maybe I'm just in the wrong LARP circles, but I will <laughs> tell you, like, in my experience in the last 20 years, 99.9% .9 of the people are not going to read the rule book, or oh, the yeah, no. book, you know, and so you kind of have to spell it out. People, if you think about LARP as like a medium, right, it's it's a literacy that's told through an embodied narrative. And that's what people are going for. So I, I almost feel like, you know, those people, I'm not saying don't want to read, but like they're looking for a different experience. Like it fucking drove me crazy. Like when I'm playing destiny one, right. And the lore would drop in the game from doing these missions, which is like destiny is a first person shooter game developed by Bungie who created halo. If people don't know. And it, I mean, I gotta say it's pretty great if you're into that platform. Um, and, but in destiny one, like you, the, the lore docs would drop, but you had to go log in online and go look for them and da, 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 da. And you had to like use all these different platforms. And I'm like, you're asking a lot out of me. You know, I just want to sit down with this controller and turn on my TV. Cause I only have like whatever hours to chill out. I'm not going to be sitting at work, scrolling through my laptop to look this shit up. Um, 
that's problematic. It's so much better. It, it's it's good to have both, right? So it's like, I can imagine if I'm a writer who then discovers LARP, I'm gonna and I'm gonna want to write stuff and then LARP it versus like if I'm an experiential person and I discover LARP, I'm going to want to have a different experience. I don't know if this comes down to just knowing your market and also being clear about what you're selling. Right. Cause like saying you're a LARP is just like saying I'm a, I'm a restaurant. It's like, okay, what kind of restaurant are you? Well, you it's know? funny. You mentioned, you mentioned the two player document or the, the two different types of player documents. If, if, if I think back to lots, um, the one thing that I realized I wanted to do as a, as a character was the kind of the one thing there had, I don't, I don't know if I, if I went off the rails or what, but I was looking for an archive where I could pick up a tome or activate a holocron and, Oh, sorry. Um, activate a device. <laughs> Let's go. That would allow me to read basically like in that moment, all this data that, that you're talking, because some people are, are, uh, the phrase I've heard used most frequently is some people are lore monkeys. Yeah. And some yeah. people are just like, all right, tell me what it is and how do I kill it? And that's, <laughs> that's, that's me. And, and I think that, and I think that, that trying to meet the sort of the, the all different types of players is probably a ch the, the biggest challenge of any LARP, even, oh, even a blockbuster. That's like a one-off. You still have, you still have to meet the challenge of having all these different players with all these different play styles and desires. Yeah. And I want to run my character through a swamp for no reason at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I thought it was cool. The, um, in, in August, I did a, a Regency LARP where you, you know, they started a couple months ahead. It started out, you, it was just a pen pal writing LARP where you just wrote letters back. Everyone just wrote letters to everybody throughout the country. And then they decided that we're going to, everyone wanted to meet. So they're going to do this afternoon tea type thing. It was so we're all right. Not everyone got the same letters from, you know, from the pen, your pen pals. So they made a newsletter, which pretty much just like was an overview of like to steal from Bridgerton, the season um, of what was going on. And so you, they had a, when you showed up, they gave you the newspaper and you could read the newspaper and catch up on all of the information. Nice. Flex. <clears throat> you know, Bridgerton, Bridgerton is a good example. I think of a sequential art having watched both seasons it it feels like like everybody's gone away like between seasons and the only reason that the duke isn't in the second season is his player had to work right yeah yeah <laughs> so so you know this this uh this brings up a question sort of is is there anything that y you guys as players wish that larp designers would think about with longitudinal or sequential larps before engaging the players in the larp and i think we've touched on some of it but I'd like to hear some some specific thoughts. Oh, I've got a good one. <laughs> that it's a thing for any LARP, but I think for longitudinal LARPs, it becomes a lot more important. Because, like, if you're if you're going to say do a weekend on a ship in in somewhere, that's fine because any environmental issues you have with the ship 
are only for those two days. And once the LARP's over, it's over. But like when you're thinking about your sequential LARP and you're thinking about doing something long term, I think location becomes important. And there are a lot of players in the in the Georgia area where I live that have a lot of feelings about their um, their specific locations. Like, oh, I really love this location because it's nice and open and there's there's uh, the buildings are in good shape and this is good and that's good. And you ask them about another location and they're like, oh, I hate that location. I refuse to go to any LARP that's in that location ever. <laughs> and and it's otherwise it would be a really cool LARP for them to do. So I think location is is something that I don't I don't know how many LARP teams really take location into account as much as they should. Right. Like almost like what are I mean, there's two sides to that it's like one, it's like, while wow, this place looks cool, like the ship you gave an example of or like going out to like the Boston Harbor Islands. Like, yeah, it looks badass. But like the reality is functionality. Well, yeah, form over function. Right. The, the classic art conundrum. Like, does this function as a vase or does it look cool as a vase? Like this vase got a bunch of holes in it and light falls through it. and It looks old and it's rad, but it ain't going to carry water, bro. Right. Like, so. Yeah. Right. What are right. the logistics of, of getting there and doing, you know, one thing that we think, I think about is like, I have three days. I have to get off for work. Is it feasible for me to go f justify flying across the country for a LARP that I'll only be there for two days? Things like that. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> and what is that stacked against of other options in your life, you know? Right. Yeah. Or staying home and there's, the, oh, here's here's this new LARP for, here's a LARP that might be interesting. You know, the logistics of real life versus what I want to do in, in my play. So. It's kind of funny because, like, I run into this even just with, like, the Etheraz LARP where, like, we have a site that is flat and it has a lodge, which is nice. <laughs> and there's a pond, but there's no modular buildings. There's zero. And to be honest, besides the pond, there's no land structures that are interesting. <laughs> and there's like another site we, that we access that actually has more cabins. It has old mills. It has a sequence of waterfalls. It has Ooh. a fire pit that looks like you could like feed dragons at. It has a ropes course. You know, we're talking about three or four modular buildings that are huge and awesome. Yet, mm -hmm. yet, it has a 900-foot incline hill. And <laughs> players don't want to go to that site just because they have to walk up the hill. They have to walk up the hill. It's, 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 and then, yeah, you could not walk up the hill, but it's like then you're losing the ability. You know, you want to make players go for a little walk then right across the street. Gross. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's funny how I've seen that deter people between distance, like you're talking about, Sarah Kate is huge. Like, how long do they have to drive? What is their investment into that? What are the sleeping accommodations like? Mm -hmm. What is the food accommodations like? Uh, bathroom showers, all that. And then just the terrain. So it's like, you know, and then people obviously talk about, they're like, oh my God, the USS Salem is so cool. Or, oh my God. <laughs> The Boston Harbor Islands are so cool, but they don't remember or they do when they went to the Boston Harbor Islands, they had to like rush load everything onto a dock, rush mm -hmm. load that on a water taxi, rush load that off the water taxi, 
haul that stuff in a quarter mile to a mile to the campsite, set that crap up and then run the LARP and then do it again, getting out. And it's like, right. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, the Salem sleep, you know, falling through your bunk at two in the morning because <laughs> the, the ropes break, things like that. I didn't wake up when that happened to me. I slept the whole thing. I didn't find that out till the morning. When somebody's waving bacon in my face and I'm half on the bunk below me. Hell yeah. You're having it, a panic attack, gain off the ship because you're at such an incline going walking down the ramp that you're, yeah, things like you that. Hit, you just didn't hit your head hard enough on the ladder going down, Sarah You would have slept right. through it, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. But those uh, are things that, but, and that's, that's like the toss up, you know, we, those are the things that tell the wonderful stories and play, you know, I, and play into our characters and all, you know, you forget your character. I hit my head on the belt and I'm walking around yelling, where's my beer all the, all weekend. Yeah, 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 I got this. <laughs> well, I, I thought that, uh, I thought Hope did a set up when they were like, okay, uh, we'll let you guys rent rooms at the hotel. You yeah. Know? You can come play in the park and then you can go back to comfort. I mean, that's part of like when I was at Intercon, I don't know if anyone's been to Intercon, it is one of the best, I think, LARP experiences. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to throw shade here, but I've heard it's where like LARPers go to die, right? <laughs> so like, because um, it's in a hotel, it's super comfortable. It's all like in hotel, uh, you know, gathering rooms. The LARPs are really well written. You're, you know, I got to sit down with, you know, folks who designed, ex, you know, realms rules, like Nero rules, accelerant rules. It was like such a cool environment. But these people have, like, the sense I get when I talk to those people and did some interviews again for my research is they're like, I'm, I don't want to camp. Like, they, they hate camping. They don't want to yeah. be, they want to be comfortable. They want to have their hotel room with their shower and their personal space to go to in room service. They want to be on a vacation. They don't want to be at a That's camp. That's me. Yeah, and they don't want to be at a campground. And when meals come up, they just get served beef stew with one piece of beef in it or some shit. You know, it's like, that's... I'm the it, hotel. Yeah, I, I, so I guess that bounces back to your other question, Martin, which is like kind of where to start. I think it comes with like know your own personal need, know thyself, know your personal needs and limits and like look at that as Peter has said, what is the location? Like, what are you ready for? I mean, like, let's be honest, Martin, we were out in that Sahara LARP and uh, I've been out in the, de yeah, Sarah, you were there too. Like, you know, I've been out in the desert. I like camping. Um, I like roughing it. And that still was difficult, right? That was, oh, like I'm sleeping on this pad in the sand the sands and all my stuff like there's barely any room to sleep like i hope the people next to me i like because i'm going to be smelling them all night long and they're going to be breathing you know what i mean like it's yeah i mean so it, so it was an experience i and i don't i don't like i am not a camper i don't mm -hmm. like camping yeah i will say it was an experience <laughs> a wonderful experience but i and I do things to get out of my comfort zone, but I, I, I'll take the hotel in the, in the cave. <laughs> I mean, so, so, you know, that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting LARP in general. I, I, I'm not a camping person. I, I've, I never really have been, but I, I actually enjoyed, um, I mean, aside from the, yes, you have to know who you're sleeping next to and all that fun stuff. 
I actually enjoyed the, the, the camping out aspect of Sahara. Oh, not, yeah. not that it's something I would do for every LARP. If you told me that every LARP I'm doing from now on is a, is a you're camping out type of LARP, my response would be, yeah, I'm just not LARPing anymore. Right. And um, see, my, my response is, where do I sign up? I right, right, right. <laughs> you know, but, but if, if you know, the, the difference is if you tell me that every LARP I'm doing from now on, I'm going to be stuck on some kind of military vessel, my, res- my response is, where do I sign up? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so because because I, I just enjoy that type of environment. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting how much that that comes into it. So uh, time is beginning to run out a little bit. So let me let me move on to the next question. Um, wh- what has been what have been some of your favorite longitudinal or sequential LARPs? That I didn't design? <laughs> well, I, I, either, I, either that you designed you or... Be, the ones you designed can yeah. still be some of your favorites. Yeah, either that you designed or that you played. Um, I would have to... Like, moments in the LARP. I would have to say, like, my favorite moments have been the one where either I got that cool MacGuffin that, mm-hmm. that everybody was looking for, I wound up with it. Um. <laughs> embarrassingly for myself last time i got one of those things that no one else had uh they needed it and i'd gone to bed um (laughs) but but um Uh. (laughs) fortunately everyone survived the night uh but like that's kind of what it is everybody that i've ever worked with in larp wants to to a certain extent be the hero of the story at some point and those honestly are the best things in every LARP where suddenly your character, you're the one standing in the middle, your character's the one making decisions and you have the power to win or lose all just because you're standing there doing that. Um, a, a good example would be at the Legends of the Stars that we did online where it's like, I'm it might, oh, it's the relic users we need. <laughs> Who's the relic user? Oh, it's that guy. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm the one doing all the, okay. Um, it was an epic moment. Uh, at the last um, Boffer LARP I did, I got a special card that I can play cards with and only I can use it. And it makes things a lot easier for me. It was just the way they put it together was an epic moment. Those are really what I live for in LARP is those epic powerful moments where they do something cool for your character and you just walk away going man that was amazing i want to do that again yeah i mean i i I like the oh boy i think i think one of the best ones i had i've had several but the one of them that i it was just a personal connection that my character and another character had it's just a quiet moment. It's a little quiet moment that all of a sudden you just felt this connection between you and your your character and the other character had this moment of just connection. And, you know, you still think about it even years later about how that and how do I recreate that? And then other and then that was yeah, that was that's a great moment at mm-hmm. one of our and then some of the others are getting to learning a skill and actually getting to use, put that skill and defend the realm. And, and then some of the, and one other is 
I'm going to use yours, Eric. Um, the adult, because we are in those, because I think all three of us on here were NPCs for the kid for the the kids LARP. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. So you know, t- seeing seeing our LARP of Legends of the Stars as the adult run, and then seeing how we came to conflict resolution and working together and think and things like that and then seeing how the te- how the teens just totally went to the dark side yeah real dark <laughs> and so dark that we never would have even contemplated how dark you could get and coming to those real moments of just how different players and different ages can play play the same same scenarios in the same game and have just completely different outcomes. Mm, that is a tasty nugget right there. That is kind of the one shot that repeats with a different audience. That, and I think more importantly, what's magical about that is it went from player to like NPC or space. Imp- yeah. yeah. And you yeah. kind of graduate from this player to you've now to NPC and, and you still get to play, but you could, it, yeah, that was just, but how dark those kids went. <laughs> I, I would say what I like about the longitudinal or sequential LARP is that, uh, I mean, look, just, I'm going to use another narrative so everyone can dial this in. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everyone's familiar enough with Game of Thrones. This is the one I'll use. Is Jamie Lannister's character, right? Like, he is a dick in the beginning. Like, you know, we, we meet Jamie Lannister and he pushes little Brandon's stark uh out the window he hits the ground whoa this guy just knocked a kid out of a tower so he could have sex with his sister we don't like this guy um and then he has this crazy arc he changes and becomes noble and just and yeah in the end he goes back to his sister but that's because he's noble and just right and i think that's what's beautiful for players for a longitudinal LARP, because in a, in a one-shot LARP, you have this idea of who you want to be. You go into the LARP and that changes. Um, so yes, there's some change in your character, but that wasn't in the LARP, right? That wasn't in the embodied narrative. That was just an expectation you had, like you're expecting something in life and it changes differently. But when you're in a longitudinal LARP and you have many LARPs, and then you as a player change, you know, like you look at yourself on one end, like let's look at Star Wars. You look at Luke Skywalker, and then you look at like Return of the Jedi and you're like, whoa, this is a different person. Their body language is different. Their philosophy and life is different. Um, the way they interact with players is different. And that's super cool for you as a player, but then also as like the community, because you see other people going through that. And that is, I think is the payoff besides like, you know what I was saying in the beginning about like having friends and building long-term relationships mm-hmm. is you get that long epic. You get the, the three book series, you get the 10 season show experience that is just not going to happen in a one shot, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, my character changed. Yeah. They'll change, but it was a short amount of time. Like- you get Buffy, the vampire slayer versus Buffy, the vampire slayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. I think that's the main payoff. And I guess that's, that's, that, that's the reason why to go, you know, I guess that's the real reason why to go as, as just for the LARP experience, not with the outside stuff that happens. So 
assuming that it runs, I guess, uh, what's next for each of you with LARP? Uh, When's Outbound Hope going to run that next thing? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, in theory, I I mean, we don't, I don't have anything planned. I mean, in theory, I have the Star Wars thing, which I guess you could call is a LARP. Yes. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I'm. What are we going to? Galactic <laughs> Star Cruiser thing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That, that is a LARP. That is a LARP. Yeah. What are you guys doing that? I'm so jelly. October. Uh, I'm so jelly. Oh my god. I mean, I I I guess that is can be considered our next my next LARP. But as for I don't think I have anything planned for next year. Oh, well, there's got to be a we got to do one just on their experience, guys. We got to hear it. Let's oh, there, get, like there, other there, people. There, there will be. There's going to be one. Uh, it's going to be our first episode of of uh, season five. Let's go. That's <laughs> love, love it. So uh, my I next. I'll say my next thing's at the end of this month. Is sorry, sorry. Alarm. Season four, not season. Five. Oh, season. We're, yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're on season three right now. What season is this? The future. This, this, is, this, is, this is episode episode five of season three. Um, as I was saying, I, I think I'm going to do uh, uh, my Boffer LARP in September. At the end, actually, literally the first day, last day of September, first two days of October, we're doing we're doing that. And then I think the next one after that is there's this this LARP going on in like April or something. I'm supposed to be at. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. That oh one. yeah, yeah that I forgot about that <laughs> that one. Oh yeah, yeah. No one's given us d- actual dates for that one yet. Yes, we and have. I'm... Dates have been released for Matter of Honor. It's the last weekend of April. Let's go, you guys. You guys deserve it. Let's get it. And I am thinking about one of those letter writing larps because I get bored. Yeah, like that's a certain. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing, right? Like if you're into reading and you want more, that's the jam. Yeah. I got I got Ethereus two going on. I just uh, we just did our it's for it's a kids LARP guys. Uh, you know, like middle school and high school. We just did our residential camp, so that was like a five day in game experience. Um, and we have our October game coming up. I want to get back on a battleship um, and run this thing called "Is There Anybody Out There?" Uh, mm-hmm. Arguably, I think it's one of the best things. Uh, that I've had the privilege of being a part of designing. It's 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 without flinching a, a heavy lean into Alien and the thing, right? Ooh. And you you don't have NPCs. You just have people helping run stations and stuff because you know someone becomes the creature and starts adapting people, and it's it's so fun. Um, and I know that people are asking us to bring back. Um, our infection LARP, which I think is going to be rebranded as pathogen. And of course, now that I'm sitting here listening to you guys, there's this <laughs> legends of the stars. <laughs> um, and, and I know we've talked about not having that even on a battleship and just getting together and being at a campsite and pre- preferably something more comfortable then. Um, so yeah, these are all things that I'm kind of like looking at doing as far as going to LARPs. The only thing I have is my, you know, that ticket to season two, of outbound hope, which I can't wait to go back to whenever that happens. And, um, you know, now, yeah. now that the pandemica has released, I'm, you know, would love to look at some other LARPs. I, I really wanted to go to the Witcher LARP, but I heard it closed. And I also heard there was some, some political faux pas with that. So I guess that's not happening, but that was the next one I was planning to do. So I'd love to go to something like that, some monster hunter, 
school thing, uh, Castlevania shit, you know, but um, <laughs> let me know, folks, you know, email me admin at LARPadventureProgram.com. Sell me your LARP, so I'll, I'll attend. So I think this has been an excellent discussion, and I would love to continue this for hours, but unfortunately our time is coming to a close. Yes, we have to go hit things. Uh, I'd like Let's to go. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank Sarah, Kate, Peter, and Eric for joining us today. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for our LARPers. Our next episode, which will release around the 20th of November 2022, will be the sixth episode of our third season. And we're going to take a look at the Otherworld Theater LARP Company in Chicago. And I'm going to have their artistic director, Tiffany Keen Schaefer, on as my guest. Uh, this topic is going to cover, obviously, some of the LARP that Otherworld Theater, Com uh, Theater Company produces and more information about them in general. Again, I'd like to thank our guests for joining me live on the show. I'm your host, Martin. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books. Additionally, we'd like to thank Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothmel Memorial Podcast Studio. And I would like to thank Feedspot again for our inclusion on their top five LARP podcast list. Uh, please be sure to check out their links at our website, adventure2innkeeper.com. 